And that's the other thing. We don't realize how much somebody means to us until after they're gone. And then we then the anger is like, why didn't I tell them I love them? And why didn't I treat them better? And Welcome to an episode of Find Your Voice, a movement led by yours truly, Aaron Dew, a guy who has overcome crippling anxiety, adversity, and difficulty like so many of you in life, whose main goal now is to help you combat your excuses, take control of your life, write your own story, and most importantly, find your voice. So now, without further ado, I welcome the host of the show himself, Mr. Aaron Dew. What's going on, people? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Find Your Voice. My name is Aaron, and as always, I am the host of the show. So, I've spoken many times about perfection, and you've probably seen this on previous episodes, where I've encouraged every single one of you to go out there and find your voice and find yourself and do the things that truly excite you, irrespective of how good you currently are. Do not wait to become the finished article. Do not wait to be so much better because it's in our learnings and it's in our growth that we actually start to develop our skills and actually recognize that's what the fun is as well yeah I have a confession to make I am also a perfectionist with the editing of my podcast and one of the things I've noticed for some reason is my internet has been an absolute pain and I fully recognize this is a first world problem that having the internet connection that I had many months ago is not quite there Mine's very shaky and sadly some of the quality of the audio isn't where I need it to be. But then I recognised I need to eat some of my own words. I need to stop chasing that perfection and actually get these episodes out to you guys because every one of my guests that I bring on the show I truly truly believe has a different perspective that can help you and also tips and tricks to really help you move forward and find your voice. And Martika is no different. I'm so grateful to have done this show with Martika and bless her heart, we actually had to do this twice. Now we did it twice because the first time there was all this crackling and loads of interference, but the second time it's now coherent. You can hear everything, but what I really want you to do is try and feel her message. This is a lady who has experienced numerous deaths. She has witnessed very, very close members of her family dying, from her grandparents to her mother to actually seeing her cousin sister. And one of the things that she's trying to do now whilst working as a key worker and trying to make a living, but also support people who are in need of that support right now. She's also trying to find her voice. And the way she's doing that is by helping people grieve with ease. Now, this is something that she's setting up in her own time. And it's something that she feels can massively help people in their journeys. And as I listened to her, I just had a very, very fun fascination and closeness towards Martika because we actually spoke for about half an hour after this episode and I wish I kind of recorded that where I just got to know her as an individual and she is truly somebody who pours her heart and soul into other people and wanted to see other people not struggle. So I'm very excited to start this interview. I do sincerely apologize if the quality of the sound isn't where it used to be but I promise you the quality of the message is 100% there. So without further ado let's get this interview on the way. Martika, how are we doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for asking. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Very well myself too. So we were just discussing that we are actually in a very weird time in today's society. So if you're listening to this in five or ten years time, this is the corona period where we're all stuck in isolation. But bless Martika, she actually works 
at the minute. So she's one of the skilled workers who are essentially doing their bit for the community. So firstly, I extend my hand and say thank you for that. And secondly, I also extend it to say thank you for joining Find Your Voice because I'm very, very confident that the information you're going to give us in your story today is going to help a lot of listeners. So before I continue to ramble on, what I want to do is give you a chance to tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us what brings you here today on Find Your Voice. Uh, well, I'm actually an author and upcoming speaker, but right now I'm working uh, part-time in a nursing home, which is pretty much in my field of uh, helping people grieve with ease, which is the name of the uh, website. It's actually grieve with ease. And uh, kind of based on the book that I wrote, I experienced many deaths uh, in my family, um, kind of boom, 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 almost all at once, for a year here, two years there. And they're, they're close family members, parents, grandparents, cousins. So I've been kind of studying, you know, reading a little bit about grief and death and afterlife, trying to understand why I've had experienced so many deaths in such a short time. And then in turn, I, I felt like that that is something I could help other people because I've been through it. And knowing that there's uh, stages to the grieving process, when I first learned about that was years after uh, my mother had passed and we were very close. And once I knew that there were stages, it, it helped the process. For me, it, it made it a little bit easier. So I know, oh, I'm angry. Okay, this is the anger stage. And once you get through that, there's the acceptance. And, and then there's closure. But everybody grieves differently. Every It depends on the relationship with the person that, is, that you've lost. And it is a process that can last for years. But it doesn't have to be something that you suffer with all the time if you, you know, have somebody to talk to about it. Um, you know, there's, there's counselors, there's groups usually available in communities that you can reach out to. Okay, fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. So um, that's definitely something I think if people haven't already suffered with it, they will at one stage suffer with the loss of a loved one or the loss of a friend, a spouse, a brother or whatever it is. And we've had some incredible guests who have come on the show and spoken about that adversity. Very similar to yourself, mm -hmm. as you were saying that I went through, I think, 18 months where I lost seven people. And it was the first time ever in my life, uh, I was in my mid-20s at the time, where I experienced loss that I could comprehend because I, I lost a grandparent when I was very young and I never really kind of thought about it too much I was just a kid just getting on through life but when it hit me as an adult it really put things into perspective and you mentioned a few things there was that it is a process and it's different for every single person um, but what, what I'm really intrigued about is that the idea that you don't have to suffer with it all the time so I know this is something now you help other people deal with you help people overcome the loss of loved ones and also you mentioned suicide as well so if you wouldn't mind, would you mind delving into some tips and tricks or maybe some things that people who may be going through that early part of the process could potentially do to help themselves? Um, the first step usually is denial. Whether somebody's dying or is gone suddenly, it's a blow. Your brain doesn't have the capacity to, to all that information and it's, it's just life-changing. It's, it's, you become numb. Numbness comes with the denial only because it's almost a protective of your own psyche so that you can kind of move on. But for most people, denial stays just for a short time and then anger is something that, you know, why did this happen? Like with the, with what's going on now with the corona, people are very nervous. They don't want to um, get it. They don't want to pass away. You know, they feel very vulnerable, especially if they already have something like uh, bronchitis or other physical ailments. But um, the process can be 
you know, consuming because, you know, you need time off. And I listened to a podcast about how long we should grieve, how long employers are letting people grieve. Mm -hmm. And that is something that will probably be looked at along with what's happening around the world with all the deaths. Of course, people are not allowed to go in the hospital to even see their loved ones that are potentially dying. You don't know. And so I just, my heart goes out to those people because they're, in our nursing home, they're not letting any visitors in either because all our residents, pretty much, they're elderly and so they're very vulnerable. Absolutely. I think we are in um, a very unfortunate time. So if anyone listening now has potentially gone through that denial stage or that feeling of numbness or anger, that's probably something that I suppose we can say it's normal. It's something that we all go through and it's part of the process. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned also earlier about talking as well. So Talking is definitely something that I think many people should do. Um, I have a separate podcast where we talk about men's mental health. And the main focus behind that is to try and reduce the stats behind male suicide. Because as men, it's very difficult to get a man to open up about their vulnerabilities. So I try and do that literally openly because I just want somebody else to get that it's okay, you know, we're, we're normal people. Just because we're grizzly and we have a bit of a beard and stuff, we still feel the same things that other people feel. So what else would you say for example if somebody reached out to you tomorrow and said i've just had a loss in my family what would be the first kind of something you could maybe signpost them to to initially try and just pull them out of that pit that they're in um well i'd probably ask them about the person that they they lost the relationship because everyone's different i know that's when i help people agree with these so i would just ask them those kind of questions and just you know take the time to feel whatever they're feeling because it is it is natural to feel anger. It is natural to feel even suicidal yourself. You don't want to live anymore. And this is what I want to address mostly because when somebody dies, sometimes you, you might feel like you want to die, which is a suicidal thought. And it has happened before where, you know, a, a parent, somebody close dies, and then you have no um, desire to live. So I think it's important to have people around you that are empathetic and sometimes it's just, you don't want to talk. It's just having somebody there, knowing that somebody's there just for emotional support or just to get you anything. Because sometimes physically we start to break down a bit. We might feel fatigued. We might feel aching in our, in our stomach in certain areas because that is the physical side effects of grief. So feel the feelings to take time off, of course, and just to say maybe to write how you feel, keep a journal, and uh, not something you just want to try to rush through. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're in a society where it's difficult because if you're in employment, for example, you're given a week or two weeks, depending on the person that's died. So you're almost expected to get straight back to normal reality straight after such a horrific thing that most often or not, I think, um, especially using my experience just here, is the deaths that have affecting me the most are the ones that I never expected so for example when I've had um, loved ones in hospital and we're expecting them to kind of deteriorate it's still a horrible loss but just that random death where you're like I just can't believe that's happened that's very very difficult to kind of comprehend and learn so I'm just going to kind of recap because I think you made some brilliant points there was that to feel the feelings and to recognize that it's okay to feel any sort of emotion whether that's frustration or whether that's anger as well but then also to look at your support network as well. So look at the people around you who can either listen to you or just be there by your side. And I would also urge one of the things I recognize was sometimes you don't need to know the right answer. So if somebody 
has experienced something and they're going through grief at the moment you don't necessarily need to give them the right answer you just need to be there for them to speak to and maybe for you just to listen i find that listening is so so important as well so that's something obviously i recommend and i think you made a great point with the journaling as well journaling i do for my anxiety because i'm a bundle of energy most of the time so i'm really trying to kind of contain myself and get the things that are in my head down onto a piece of paper and it just helps me so so much so thank you i think that's really really useful what i want to also ask now then is about you what makes you do what you do so you mentioned you went through this period where you lost a lot of people and it's now kind of giving you the confidence should i say that you can help other people as well what was you doing prior to this actually i was a bit of a train wreck i guess you could say i lived very recklessly after after my mom died she committed suicide when i was 15 years old two days after my 15th birthday and um I was in shock for a while. I, I was in denial. I was angry. <clears throat> I tried to kill myself. And um, so I was 15. I was still trying to find myself as a person. And then I stayed with my aunt and uncle. My mom was a single parent. And um, then my grandmother died. She felt bad after my mom. There was a lot of things going on in the family. You know, I reached out to get my mom help because I could see that she was in a bad place. And I guess my grandparents were like, oh, well, you get over it, you know, that sort of thing. And then to find out that she had her life, they might have felt partly responsible. I think that's probably why my Nana, two years later, she had an asthma attack and then died in the hospital. And my grandfather, they were very close. He died two years after her, same month. And of course, each death seemed to get easier only because. I wasn't as close with my Nana or Grandpa as I was with my mom, but even still, um, it was like, why is everybody leaving me? I didn't want to be here. I was very suicidal for a long time, and, and I just um, took a personal growth course in Seneca College, and it was uh, actually they focused on death, which I didn't know until I got into the and that's when I was introduced to you know, the different stages of death. And part of the assignment was to write about you know, a death or a loss and how you felt and, you know, get up and stand in front of the class. And when I did that, I had a hard time not crying. Of course, reading it over, it was fine, but in front of people and reading it was more emotional. And then, of course, there was a lot of people asking questions like, well, how did you overcome that? And so I didn't think anything of it at the time. I was in my early 20s because I have overcome a lot of it and I understand it. Still, if somebody close to me dies, like the last well, it wasn't a person, it was my cat, Tasha, when she died. I didn't think I was going to feel the grief because she's a cat, but because I didn't have her my whole life. And I, yeah, I did not want to live after she died. She was such a, realize how much she meant to me. And that's the other thing. We don't realize how much somebody means to us until after they're gone. And then we then the anger is like, why didn't I tell them I love them? And why didn't I treat them better? And so I try not to take people for granted. I try to, like every day, you never know, especially working in a nursing home, who's going to go. And it's not just the residents. We've had coworkers pass away. Why? Because of stress, of overworking. And so it's, I tell them, you know, just you can do what you can do. Don't stress out. You know, we want to see you back here tomorrow, <laughs> you know. So, um, yeah, because you don't know what people are going through <clears throat> um, in their private so you try to be kind to everybody. You have no idea if somebody has a sick uh, relative at home they're looking after, as well as looking after the elderly in nursing homes. Absolutely. Uh, thank you for sharing that. So firstly, my heart goes out to you because I just 
had no idea about the whole extent to the adversity that you went through with your mom and the, and the suicide as well. So I'm really, really sorry to hear that. But I'm also very, very happy to hear that obviously you never completed suicide and now you're here now to obviously help other people hopefully not do the same thing as well. So uh, thank, thank you for doing the work that you're doing today. Um, there's a few things that you touched on there and they are quite common themes amongst all of my episodes, not just from myself, but also from my guests, which is about taking things for granted and kindness. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say, I get it right. I get it right all the time because there are many times I, I take things for granted and gratitude is a part of my life. I mean, I do practice gratitude. I'm always trying to remember before I leave the house or before my loved ones leave the house to always appreciate them and try not to end on an argument but I'm not perfect but it is definitely something that we should all try and do because like you just mentioned there you're working in a nursing home and sometimes a colleague will just pass away again it's that unexpected factor that none of us are immune to death unfortunately I've yet to meet anyone who has lasted and is still living forever so unfortunately we're all going to go and uh, none of us know that time so um, I want to ask you a little bit then about your routine then so the reason I ask people about a routine is because I feel that when you get somewhere and you have a certain amount of wisdom or knowledge or experience in a particular area, it's usually because of the small little things that you do. And I want listeners to maybe listen to what you do on a daily basis. And it could just be journaling. It could just be gratitude, for example. And maybe just pick little bits of Martika's day that they can implement in their day to hopefully help them move forward and find their voice. Well, the moment I wake up, I usually get up before my alarm because I have three cats. So I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful to have, you know, somebody that hey you know i need you <laughs> get up but then i i'm before i get out of bed i'm grateful for the day i'm grateful i have something to do i have this job i like to meditate for a few minutes in the morning and sometimes i do some yoga stretches just to you know get the body you know warmed up for the day ahead and i always have breakfast before i eat mostly oatmeal and uh, then I'm thankful as I'm walking to my car that I have a car to drive to work. And work is like less, it's really a minute away. I could be walking to work if I really needed to. And, and um, but I try to, you know, interact with my coworkers in a positive manner. We joke around because we want to make the workplace a fun place, even though we all feel when somebody has passed, we're sad, but we know that's going to happen. You know, it's I, I try to say, well, so that person's no longer suffering. We really should be celebrating death and mourning birth, but we have to learn kind of the hard way. And and some people could kind of get through it and overcome it, and others don't because they, the grief is hitting them so hard. But yeah, by the end of the day, I'm usually very tired. It takes me usually two hours to wind down. Uh, I try to avoid drinking too much alcohol afterwards. <laughs> and a glass of wine. A glass of wine. <laughs> Or something, and um, and then I get on the computer, and I'm you know trying to build myself up and help other people as much as I can. Fantastic! I love that. Thank you for sharing that. So one of the things I found really interesting there was um, you do the gratitude, you do the meditation, you do the yoga, but then you mentioned something that when you walk towards your car, you're then thankful for having a car. So you're not doing gratitude as a kind of morning exercise. You're actually living it in all your actions mm-hmm. throughout the day which I think is really really important for all of us that we don't just write three things we're grateful for and then put that book away and then carry on with the day let's try and implement mm-hmm. that let's almost make it a game or a, a daily habit throughout the hours that every single thing that we do we're grateful i.e we're grateful now we can have this conversation that we even have the ability that we have good health that we can do this 
there's always moments to be grateful for. Mm-hmm. There was something that you said. I'm just trying to get my head around it. So I'm putting you on the spot a little bit here. You said okay. celebrating death, but then you said, did you say mourning birth? Yes. <laughs> the last bit I'm not understanding. Okay. Well, when I when I mean by mourning birth, it's just like, okay, this person now has, you know, a life of struggles or maybe not so much struggles, but we all have our struggles in life. So this is what I mean. And of course, I've read that somewhere and it does kind of seem to like it's easier to come over from death than it is to coming out of somebody's vagina, you know, and that and then we all cry. And we remembered that moment. I'm sure it wouldn't have been the greatest moment. (laughs) But that's uh, after near death experience. And what I experienced was amazing. Like I don't fear that people that have I don't know if you've experienced the light. I've talked to people that have experienced being in that light where you're you're nothing but energy, you're formless, you have no body, and it's just nothing but pure love. Yeah, that is amazing. So because I've experienced that, when I hear that somebody's passed, especially when they're older and they've lived their lives and, you know, they were on the decline, like, well, they're in a better place. They're, I doubt very much they want to change places with any of us. Yeah, I love that. And and <laughs> and just then segueing ever so slightly to my next question then. You just mentioned fear there. So you're not necessarily fearing death. What in this particular moment right now is your biggest fear? Yeah, that's a good one. I don't know, fear of failure, fear, fear of success. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are my general fears. Uh, fear of the unknown, that's another one. Absolutely. Yeah, I think they're all common as well in terms of the fear of success or failure or definitely now the unknown. I think the whole world has kind of got this heightened level of anxiety whether you're an anxious person or not because nobody really knows what's going on we're hearing one thing from one media outlet we're seeing other things from different countries and uh, it's definitely a time Mm -hmm. of uncertainties yeah i was just going to add you know i I believe this is a time of great it is a great change even before this corona or covid19 but i think it's an opportunity for us to get together like to see the the good in it you know spending time with family People are going out more. They're reaching out to family members they haven't talked to in years. These are the stories that I'm hearing. For me, it's not just changed because I'm trying to focus on getting my message out there and helping people when it comes to loss or suicide and things like that. So I, I just see it as, you know, try to see the good in it. One of my favorite sayings is trust the process and see the perfection or train your brain to see the good in every situation. Absolutely. So even though I was kind of disappointed I wasn't at home quarantined and I could do all kinds of podcast shows, right? That's <laughs> what I was thinking. Woo-hoo! Um, no, no, I've got more hours in the nursing home than I can handle. So, which is a good thing because... You're making a difference. Well, that's true. I'm, and I have an income because Absolutely. even though the governments are trying to... We're talking about trillions of dollars putting back into businesses and homes. Mm-hmm. And some people can't uh, even fill out EI because they have a private practices. Absolutely. Funnily enough, I thought during this isolation period, because I'm self-employed and I work from home as well, is that I'll be doing a lot of podcasts myself. And I just haven't been doing them, to be honest. This is like the second one I've done in seven days, whereas I normally do three or four a day. And funnily enough for me, and maybe some people can resonate with this, I work seven days a week and I've been doing that for about nine years nonstop. So when this happened and the world kind of just stood still, it was almost my time to just relax and kick back. So I always say to people that let's try and, similar to what you said, reframe this moment now. Let's use the positives from it. For example, there's many people, if you had asked them three weeks ago, what would you love to do? And they would say, I'd love more time with my kids, as you mentioned. 
now you have that time with your kids for myself it was like i just wish i had a few weeks off just to relax kick back me and the wife and we just we had the playstation on yesterday for three or four hours and i haven't played playstation for about 15 16 years i always felt i was too old for it and we just completely relaxed and you know winded down so there's always a positive we can take from it there's probably that one thing i learning a music a musical instrument for example or reading a book that you may not necessarily have chance for uh, in your day-to-day -day life do it now now is the time that we're not going to get this time back uh, as with any sort of time but it's very very rare that you're going to get a time in your life where the government's going to step in for for the majority of people you're going to hopefully be okay you got a roof over your head that you can just wind down and do the things that you want to do so uh, i love that and i just want to touch just before we jump into the fun part of this show you mentioned your services and your book that's coming out do you want to tell the audience about that now sure the book is a memoir called having fun with god a book report from miss winfrey um it was actually inspired by oprah and um it's it's just a personal journey of how i dealt with death and just my journey through that and uh course i didn't mention uh, another suicide my cousin nikki she hung herself and i found her so that changed my life and uh instead of seeking counseling i just i took off to the bahamas for a couple years <laughs> worked there and then when i came back that's when i started to write didn't realize how therapeutic the writing was and that uh it'd be going to at that time a, a, a counselor because i just felt the writing was very therapeutic also, yes, um, I do help. I do uh, have services on how to grieve with you. I do put that on my, my, my sorry, my website, and uh, currently working on uh, online courses so that people you know take a course for very little. And I would update that every now and again because talking to people one on one every day with you know that are mourning is kind of draining on the system. So I'm having to always keep mindful of my own health and uh helping people as well well thank you obviously for sharing that and i do urge people obviously who are going through some, some similar situations maybe grief or the tragic circumstances that you've just mentioned there on with your cousin again my heart goes out for you for that is to reach out to yourself to reach out to somebody who's been there and done it and on that note we're going to go into a completely different part of the show and this is what i like to call martika the fun part of the show and during this phase as we've obviously spoken about some things that are quite emotive quite almost low mood i want to bring the show back up a little bit and i want the audience to get to know you a little bit so for the next 90 seconds all i'm going to do is be asking you the most random questions i just need one word or one sentence answers only so whenever you're ready i'm going to hit the timer okay ready okay we're going to go in three two one Okay, what is your favorite hobby? Writing. What was the biggest mistake you made last year? Talking when I shouldn't. Your proudest achievement? Oh, completing a website. Your favorite motivational speaker? Donald Walsh. If you had an extra hour a day, how would you spend it? Probably listening to music. The best lesson anyone has ever taught you? To be myself. If you could get the listeners to practice one thing at the end of this show, what would it be? It would be to practice gratitude on a daily basis. If you could abolish one thing in the world, what would it be? Ignorance. What is your favorite book? Uh, Magic of Believing by Claude Briscoe. Your biggest role model? Uh, Oprah Winfrey. What would you like to be remembered for? My services, that uh, compassion helping people the ability to read minds or predict the future uh, predict the future and finally if you could sit with one person for an hour michelle obama and on that note we are at the end of the fun part of the show so the next question is about reflection so this is something i ask all of my guests and i'm a firm believer that hindsight is a wonderful thing because when we reflect back we can always think of ways to get to where we are currently quicker 
easier or with less heartache. But at the same time, it's the journey that teaches us so, so much as well. So what I want to know is with all of your wisdom and all of your knowledge that you have right now, if you could maybe go back to a younger Martika and just whisper something in her ears, what would you say? Be here now. In other words, being present. Great point. And then finally, then that does sadly leave us to the last question. And the last question is about legacy. So if in 150 years time, science fails to save us and all that exists is a book. And this book is about you. It's about your life and all of the amazing and wonderful things that you've achieved and all the people that you've helped along the way. Firstly, what I want to know is what would the title of this book be? And secondly, what would the summary at the back tell us about you? Uh, I guess the book would be my life's journey. And at the back would tell me how I overcame all the adversity. And just before I give you a chance, because I want you to give us your website details and anywhere else people can connect with you. Is there anything that you may have wished that I'd asked you today that maybe you want to leave the audience with? I guess just how we could uplift each other in this time, which is just to stay positive, to be grateful that we do have each other, to be grateful at least that the government seem to be doing what they say they're going to be doing, hopefully, and just to share with one another. You would, if somebody doesn't have, you know, just to share with your neighbors, that sort of thing. That's great stuff. <laughs> so what is the best place then people can reach out to you? Grievewithease.com. So on that note, then that does sadly leave us to the end of the show. And I just want to extend my hand one more time. It's been great to obviously connect with you, continue doing what you're doing. Obviously, if there's any way I can help you, I'm always here. So please do reach out again. And I want to thank everyone else at home. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Fumbled up a little bit, but you know, this is my wow. third. This is my third. I'm just getting started and I do appreciate you so much. You're welcome. And remember, this podcast is absolutely free. So all we ask in return is for you to share this with a friend and drop us a five-star review over on iTunes. Have an awesome day.